Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. We're going to change gears a little bit, although we're still talking about celebrating Christmas. The idea of God's people celebrating things of spiritual importance is biblical. Now let me say that again. The idea of God's people celebrating things of spiritual importance is biblical. Now, up in the, you ready to go to slide 20? No. We got to get to slide 20. The feast, there it is. Okay, very good. Trevor. Is that Trevor up there? Trevor's all excited. How many of you watched the game last night? The whole time Alabama's playing, I'm thinking, Trevor's going down, Trevor's going down. But Trevor pulled it out, didn't you? His team, his team won. Anyway, let's, let's, get, let's get back to the matter at hand. The idea of God's people celebrating things of spiritual importance is biblical. In fact, it's God himself who had his people, who wanted his people to establish festivals and feasts. Very important to remember. I think this is a very important point. In fact, there are seven major feasts or festivals that God established, okay? Seven different celebrations, if you will. There was, number one, the Feast of the Passover, Number two, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. These are all legitimate, God-ordained feasts and festivals in the Bible. Number three, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And these in the Bible are called feasts, they're called festivals. And, and what is a feast? What is a festival? Definition, a ceremony of feasting, joy, and thanksgiving on stated days in commemoration of some great event or in honor of some distinguished personages or an anniversary. It is a time of celebration. So, we can all agree, because we must, that feasts and festivals in the Bible are actually God ordained. But have you ever taken the time to wonder why? Why? Why did God establish these feasts and God establish these festivals? And I think you only have to think about it for a short while to realize there's some practical reasons why the Lord would establish commemorative type feasts, these, these kinds of festivals. Let's look at them. I'm going to give you three reasons why feasts and festivals are important. Number one. The celebration of festivals were communal. Important word, they're communal. Bringing people together. And that they drew the nation together for celebration and worship as they recall the common origin and experience of the people. One of the purposes behind feasts and festivals in the Bible is that they were communal. They bring people together. And again, that's reflected clearly in God's word. God wants his children to dwell together in unity. Psalm 133.1, 1, 
A song of degrees of David. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. God loves seeing his children unified. And festivals would bring people together. In fact, three of these festivals were pilgrimage festivals where it was required that everybody gather at this point. God wanted his children together. I mean, just last week, it just worked out. Months and months ago, Brother Kingsbury asked me to preach there up in Rockford. He was going to be away. Matt, of course, lives an hour and a half north. And somewhere along the line, Jeremy and his wife, Angie, uh, decided that they were going to go visit Angie's sister uh, there in Chicago, an hour and a half south. And nothing pleased me more than getting all seven of my grandchildren together. The most picture, the most uh, number of pictures that I took was down at a little park down the street from where um, Matt lives. Jeremy drove up to Lodi on Friday. We drove up to Lodi and. Uh, we met at their house, and then Sharon and I took uh, the seven grandkids down to the park. And it's just a little park, and it's in walking distance. You just walk down the street, and you're there at the park. And I, I, I told Sharon, did I not? I said, this is heaven on earth. Watching those grandbabies just play. Well, they're not babies anymore, but watching them play together. And it must have brought joy to the Lord to see his children. You know, there's so much that gets in the way. There's so much that divides us. There's so many ways we can have misunderstandings or or hard feelings. No parent, no parent in their right mind enjoys when, you know, siblings aren't speaking to one another or siblings are mad at one another. Any parent and every parent rejoices when they see their kids or they see their grandkids, you know, getting along and and doing well together. And, And these festivals were in part communal. Bringing God's people together. Uh, That's one of the things that brings us together. Listen, celebrations of of even secular events can bring people together. I mean, let let a city win a Super Bowl. And and, and people, I've seen on TV, and they're not being appropriate about this, but it it makes a point. You know, people in, in a city, they'll go out in the streets and celebrate. People that don't know each other, got their arms around each other, and they're cheering and high five, and they don't, they don't even know each other. But it's a celebration that brings them together. And what better celebration is there? What better happier moment to celebrate than the birth of Jesus Christ? The Christmas celebration. It's communal. It brings people together. For the most part, commerce in the United States slows to a crawl. December 24th and December the 25th as we celebrate Christmas. And that's not unlike the Old Testament festivals. And it is accomplishing what I contend was in part the reason for the Old Testament festivals. They were to be communal. And is God like seeing his nation of Israel together in peace and harmony? You know, we like seeing our families together. We like seeing our church families together. And 
And, and it's a time of, of, of happiness. It's a time of, of joy where we can forget about the little hard feelings or the bad words or the misunderstanding. And we can come together uh, today. We can enjoy the Christmas decorations. We can gather together for the concert this coming Sunday. We can gather together a week from this Wednesday, you know, and have uh, our, our guests come and speak to us uh, again. Remember, the Lord himself established these feasts or these celebrations, if you will, in part because they were communal. The intent was to bring people together. Number two, the celebration of festivals were not only communal, but were commemorative. They, they, they brought people together, but for a purpose, They were commemorative in that they kept alive the story of what God had done, in this case in the Old Testament, in the Exodus, and during the sojourn. God did not want his people to forget the goodness done to them, bestowed upon them. He wanted his people to commemorate. He wanted them to remember. And Numbers chapter 9, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, In the first month of the second year, after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the children of Israel also keep the Passover at this appointed season. In the fourteenth day of this month, at even, ye shall keep in his appointed season, according to all the rites of it, and according to all the ceremonies thereof, shall ye keep it. This is the Lord saying, don't forget this feast, don't forget this festival. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And the Passover was to commemorate that time as the plagues were upon Egypt, the death angel coming over and passing over where the blood was on the doorpost. He didn't want them to forget it. So one of the, one of the purposes of the festivals or the feast was communal, to bring people together, but for a purpose, to commemorate something. Celebration of an event helps us to focus on on, on these things that that have happened, things that are important. Think about wedding anniversaries. We celebrate a wedding anniversary. That's commemorating something that happened in me and Sharon's life 44 years ago. 44 years ago. 44? 44 years ago, you know, you're commemor- it's important to remember the, the, the day we stood up, you know, on the, on the platform there at Central Baptist Church, and, uh, and we got married. You know, I don't know, I haven't mentioned in a long time. That was a great day in part, but part of the day was not so great. When my best man and the groomsman kidnapped Sharon <laughs> right after the wedding, couldn't find her. She disappeared. Who was that, Jack Holmes that head that up or whatever? Or did you head that up? Did you want to be kidnapped and taken away? They did. They kidnapped my bride right after we got married. But we had, it was all good-natured fun. We had a good time with it. But today we, we commemorate wedding anniversaries to remember something that is important. And what does Christmas do? I mean, we probably don't have the date right. We got, what, one in 365 
chances of getting it right, but nonetheless, you know, we're, we're commemorating, there's, there's a purpose for all this, we're commemorating the birth of Christ. And again, the Lord established feast for a communal purpose to bring people together, that they commemorate something spiritual. And we're right in line there. We're at Christmas time wanting to bring people together to commemorate the birth of Christ. And then, number three, the celebration of festivals were theological in that the observance of the festivals presented the participants with lessons on the reality of sin, judgment, and forgiveness. God wanted his people to keep the big picture of their relationship with him. The most important thing in our lives is our relationship with Christ. And it's a relationship that has to understand that we were lost in our trespasses and sins and that Jesus came and he had to die on the cross and he arose the third day and by faith in him, repentance from our sins, we can be saved and we can have a home in heaven. Otherwise, those who reject Jesus Christ are going to spend eternity in hell. That's the most important thing we can know. And God wants his people to keep that big picture. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. We celebrate that gift at Christmas, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. These festivals were in part established to remind the the people of Israel, of their unique relationship with God and all that that entailed. It, It wasn't just to come to get together and party. It wasn't just to come and commemorate the Passover. But what does the Passover mean? What's the significance of the Passover? And today, what does Christmas mean? What is the significance of Christmas? So there's theological ramifications to all of this. Why did Christ come? Why did he live? Why did he die? We celebrate everybody else's birthday. How many of you are excited today about the fact, where's Brother Dale? It's Brother Dale's birthday. It's Brother Dale's birthday today. Now, aren't we excited about that? He is. Oh, and we, 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 you, you find out that it's Dale's birthday. Maybe some of you are realizing. He's gotten to most of you to tell you himself that it's his birthday. He reminded me first thing this morning. He said, you know, it's my birthday. I said, well, sure. Yeah, of course it's your birthday. But you, you find that out and you perk up. It's Brother Dale's birthday. And it's still not too late to bestow gifts on you, is it? All day long. He's available. So, but you see, it's, it's, it's good news. It's your birthday. And we perk up when we hear that it's somebody's birthday. And we want to sing happy birthday to them. We won't go that far, Brother Dale. Do it? <laughs> or good. So, but you see, we're, we're, we're doing the same with the Lord. We're celebrating his birthday. It celebrates Jesus and, and the reasons he came to earth. So, 
festivals. The Lord himself established them. And nowhere in Scripture does he prohibit the festival, the feast, if you will, of Christmas, as long as we're doing it right. We have the right motives, we have the right priorities, and we're not bringing into that celebration anything that would uh, demean Christ. So, again, the celebration of Christmas is communal. It brings families and church families together in God-honoring unity. Aaron, our daughter, come, she wants to be home every Christmas. There's something about Christmas and Aaron coming home. My two boys, Pastor, it's really not practical for them, but thankfully we, got, we were able to get together with them last week. But again, why is she coming home? Why is she coming home now? It's Christmas. And just like in the Old Testament, it was, it was communal. This celebration today among God's people continues to be communal. The celebration of Christmas is commemorative in that it keeps alive the story of God's greatest gift to the world. You know, one of the things Aaron asked, you know, she'll ask me on the phone if she hadn't already. I don't remember, you know, are, are you still having a Christmas Eve service? Well, of course we are, but she always asks, and which is fine. And, you know, so again, there, there, there's a reason. It's commemorative. We're having a Christmas Eve service. And the celebration of Christmas is theological in that the observance of Christmas is a reminder of our need as sinful man for a Savior. We gave you this quote this morning, but it bears repeating this afternoon. We celebrate Christmas because, as the angel said, the birth of Jesus Christ is good news. Good news is meant to be celebrated. In fact, the angel said the news of Jesus' birth would cause great joy and would be for all the people. The joyful celebration would be universal. And again, Luke chapter 10 uh, through verse 12. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. By the way, those good tidings should bring great joy today to all of us, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, Lying in a manger. Let me conclude with this. How many of you know the name or remember the name Jessica McClure? Few, few. Who who was Jessica McClure? Exactly. Let me read you this story. We're done today. In celebrating Christmas, we celebrate the love and the condescension of God, him coming down from heaven to this earth. In Texas in 1987, a toddler by the name of Jessica McClure fell into an eight-inch well casing. Down she went. This was on TV, like almost 24-7 at the time, if I remember correctly. Down she went, becoming stuck 22 feet below ground. Once people discovered that baby Jessica was in the well, they took immediate action. They didn't tell her to find a way to climb back up. And they didn't just shout happy thoughts to encourage her. No. They went down to where she was and got her. They did whatever it took Rescuers work nonstop for 58 hours to free that baby girl. 
in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve fell. Down they went, dragging all humanity with them into the darkness and death of sin. And what did God do? He did not tell us to find our own way out of the mess we were in. And he did more than shout down happy thoughts to us from heaven. No, he came down to where we were and got us. That's what Christmas is all about. Coming down to rescue us. To do whatever it took to deliver us from sure death. When even one person is in a life-threatening situation, we understand what has to be done. When God looked down at our sinful planet, he saw a whole world of people in mortal danger. We celebrate Christmas because it was at Christmas time that the rescuer of all mankind came to save us from the hopeless situation we were in. God did not stay in heaven. He came down to where we are. I don't think God is disappointed one whit as long as we try to get it right that we celebrate the birth of his son. If Matt's church or Jeremy's church, if somebody said, guess what, we want you to be here because we're going to celebrate your son's uh, birthday, I'd be thrilled. I think God is thrilled that if we do it properly, I think God is pleased that we celebrate the birth of his son. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.